got no tricks to impress you. No, you Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun music and food podcast where anything can happen. Today's guest is the sole singer-songwriter to hear a memory. Her beautiful, agile vocals are the perfect blend for her unique mix of jazz and soul. She is also the daughter of the late Grammy Award winner, Dr. Sarah Memory. She's outspoken and unapologetic and a huge believer in other people, in all they are and all they can become. In her own words, sound is her own personal truth. To hear his shows are personal, and her audiences often feel like she is speaking directly to each and every one of them. During the recording process, I don't listen to music from other people. I feel like it's kind of cheating on the relationship you have with your own music, you know, because you're trying to have a very like <laughs> untainted relationship with your songs and your music and your production. And when you listen to other people's, there's envy. The release of her sophomore album, Asha, has nominations for Best Vocalist, Best Album, and Best Song by Soul Tracks. Through it all, she has elegantly balanced parenting, working out, and taking cooking healthy to a seriously fun level. On today's menu, school night mini pizzas. Pizza while working out? I'm in. Tahira's career is in high gear, so how does she balance being a single parent with extended international tours? And how does she stick to her health and fitness regimen when she's on the road? Come with me into this episode, actually recorded in Marty's Music Kitchen. So hi, Tahira. Hi. Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen. I'm very excited to be in your home. Thank you. This is my first interview in my new house. I'll christen it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> We're going to break the wine bottle no over, wine. The, over the fridge or, you know, something like that. I don't know. But... We don't waste wine where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were telling me uh, before the show that you're taking January off from beverages. Yeah, it's no drink January. Yeah. I admire you for that. I made that up. <laughs> I mean, you come out of like Christmas and, well, from Halloween on, you're just a fat kid the, the entire time. And you're, <laughs> if you're me, like you're drinking the entire time because there's a million reasons, whether it's shows or hanging out with people or whatever. So I right. was like, I just need a break so I can let my pores go back to their normal size and, and let my body breathe and not walk into people's houses smelling like yesterday's bourbon. <laughs> Well, I so. think that is a really good idea, and I'm going to adopt that next year. <laughs> <laughs> you got 12 months to rev up. <laughs> you know, I um, I just finished a really rigorous year myself, and I'm uh, working on getting back into shape. So I've started working out again, you know, like every good January resolution. But yes. really, it's not necessarily a January thing. It's just the end of a cycle and the beginning of a new one for mm -hmm. me. So... I was in the best shape of my life a year and a half ago, and um, you actually have been a huge inspiration for me to get back in the saddle. Well, because I look at your Facebook pages and your Instagram, and you're like, no excuses, just go do it. I appreciate that. Easier said than done sometimes, but. Isn't it? It is, but I feel like it just has to be part of your day. I mean, I wasn't always great at it, but I've always been an athlete. I was a collegiate athlete. And then, you know, you take periods of time off, like you said, and then you get back into it. But like this time I came home from tour and it was just, I was, there was a lot of undoing 
to do. So I wanted to make sure that I got back in the saddle and like stayed there because, you know, starting in January and then by February, you're like, oh, my schedule's too busy and you fall off. And, you know, it's a real thing statistically too. You know, gyms have their highest enrollment in January and then everybody falls <laughs> off. Yes. So I just was like, I am not doing that. So I started again in, what was it, July running. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't realize you were a runner. Yeah, that actually is probably my primary love. Like I was playing basketball through college and then I I would run just for fun and I'd run long distances. And then I actually was found by some characters on Facebook that do these like ultra relays and stuff. And so I started doing those. I, I ended up like flying out to Utah to meet these people for the first time from Port, they were from Portland, uh -huh. but they invited me to do like a 200 mile run with five of them through the mountains of Utah. And that was like, four years ago maybe and so I was like I'll do did it. Did you make it? Oh totally so we each ran like 40 miles it was crazy. That is crazy. In the dead of summer. <laughs> I'm so proud of you that's well, amazing. Thank you. I mean it was you know but then it was like after that I was just running all the time and um, yeah now I'm kind of doing my winter kick which is more indoor hit workouts weights that kind of thing yeah and I'll slip back into running in the summertime again. So. Do you work out when you're on the road? I do. Um, not as consistently as I would like, probably. It depends on the scenario. So if we're like getting hosted by a family or something in a country, I typically will do like a home workout here and there. But mm -hmm. if I'm in a hotel and they have a gym, I go. See, for me, um, I don't have an excuse when I'm on the road, but mm. last summer I had all kinds of excuses in my head on right. the road. But, right. You know, I use uh, Les Mills On Demand. Oh, yeah. And you can get them on your phone. Like um, the body pump and all that? There's, yeah, they're yeah. similar to Beachbody, but right. they have new, um, a continual uh, stream of new episodes for yeah. all of their different plans, all the, their different workouts, and I really enjoy them. They've got good music, yeah. good energy, and you can do them in hotel rooms. Yeah. I just have not done one in a hotel room as of yet. Well, I see so, people asking, like, what should they do? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Honestly, even yeah. if you're only getting a third of the benefit just showing up, you're going to you're gonna do something. It's going right. to cause you to break a sweat and... Then you know, bam, so. there goes 200 calories. There goes 200 calories. There and goes then you can eat a pizza. A pizza? <laughs> well, not a whole pizza. But so <laughs> uh, well, tell me about this thing that we're cooking today. Yeah. So um, it's basically a, a cheat. Not a cheat meal in the sense that it's super unhealthy because you're going to put veggies on it. But it's a mini pizza that my kid likes to make. And we just kind of discovered them because it would be easy to throw them together on a school night or whenever. I didn't feel like cooking an actual meal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we just ran the gamut of like... Okay, how can we make these? Then they're gonna be tasty in our oven, lickety split, very easy. And we tried like seven different breads and finally decided that garlic naan. You, went, you tried seven different breads to get to this recipe? Totally. Well, so we started with wheat pita because I like to eat something that's whole grain, first of all. Uh -huh. That was like my, I was like, let's make these kind of healthy because otherwise I might as well just order a pizza, right? So, <laughs> but I do feel good about this bread choice because it crisps up nice. It doesn't make you feel all bloated and weird. We went through like, pizza crust that you roll out from Trader Joe's. We went through mm -hmm. like, you know, the wheat kind, the regular kind. We bought pizza crusts that were frozen, cauliflower pizza crust. We did the whole, it was, and none of them cooked up the way we wanted. And we'd always feel like the sauce didn't absorb right or something, you know? So it was like a science experiment. <laughs> and then eventually I was in Trader Joe's and I was like, all right, we're gonna try naan because this bread smells so good. And you know, naan's and good for dipping. So Trader I was like, Joe's. sauce will be good. So um, this is just the Trader Joe's brand. Yep. And it's garlic. Garlic naan. I Indian think it's like three dollars, and you get like six of them. Yeah. Can you freeze it? Legit. You can freeze it. Um, <laughs> it's legit. It's legit. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we'll make some mini pizzas on some garlic naan, which right. is smelling up your house currently, which is probably... It smells really good. Yeah, well, my whole car smells like garlic naan right now. You're going to go home. You're probably really hungry right now. Um, well, can I help you chop? Yeah. And that well, means... we probably need a spoon and get okay. these sauced up, right? And that's the other thing you really want with these pizzas is for the sauce to stay on top of the bread and not to like soak in, make it soggy. Yeah, sauce it up. All right, so um, I would just heap a couple. You can do red or yeah, I would do red. Oh, oh I see. There's two different kinds yeah. of sauces now. Mm -hmm. I'm in my own kitchen and I can't see. Everyone's <laughs> a little different. So this is um, this is a pesto, but it's like a weird. The only pesto they have has this has dairy in it, which makes me a little bit cautious. Yeah, I don't really do dairy very often. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot, but it's like got some skim milk in it. And okay, so this is just jarred. Pizza sauce? No, jar. Yeah, it's totally just the like pizza sauce. Cheap two dollar. I I like this one in particular. It's Newman's. Um, you know, you could also make your own. So I read. Yeah, you're your, doing it right now. Well, I read your recipe ahead of time. And I was it, so over the top, wasn't I? Just like it's super si detailed. No. <laughs> I'm it's like, actually going to be super easy to one follow. One millimeter edge. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to do a an edge that almost goes to the. Like yeah. all the way to the outside, right? You have to have like a little border with no sauce so it doesn't like leak over. Okay, and then um, is this enough sauce? Or I think I that that's funny. I mean, I don't know. What's your preference? Are you saucy? I'm a saucy girl. Yeah, I am too. I am totally a saucy girl. So this is why I chose this bread because that sauce isn't going to go anywhere. Okay, so shall I do two of these and we'll yeah, do two of the pesto? Yeah, I think that's smart. All right. So we're making four pieces so, because um, we're hungry. Do you <laughs> do you have um, Tahira's test kitchen? Is that you experiment a lot in your kitchen with you different know, my things? My kid loves to, eat? to cook, so you know, for a lot of years she would ask me like, "Mom, um, can I make dinner tonight? Or will you teach me how to cook this?" And to be really honest, like I do love cooking, but I like being in the kitchen alone. So it's like a weird when she would want to come in and help, mm -hmm. I'd be like annoyed kind of, mm -hmm. and because uh, it's, it's cathartic your processing for me. Time. Yeah, and so I had to like make way for her, and now she is the bring me breakfast in bed girl. She will make, you know, pancakes, 27 of them for two people because she'll just get carried away. You know what I mean? You How know, old she's is she? 14. But really? she can make, like, delicious tacos and pastas and all kinds of, you know, good stuff. Stir fry. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been helpful because then that takes up, like, three days out of the week where I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. I bet. <laughs> totally. All right, I'm going to switch this up. You could have probably just mixed them. I don't know if anyone cares. I'm going right? to have you okay. do whatever. You're going to chop away? Um, oh, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, because we're going to need, like, sliced tomatoes. I don't know if you like bell pepper. I'm going to go to my corner. I like a little crunch. How do you want me to cut them? Um, maybe just, like, sliver them. I don't know if that's the right technical culinary term, but... I think it works yep, just fine. You got it right exactly there. what you meant. <laughs> what do so, they call that, anyway? I don't know. I would call I'm trying I to think know, of it. slivers. I don't yeah. know if it works for me. I have no <laughs> idea. I like to cook. I'm not a technical cook. I just like to do cook. Do you cook all the time? You know, um, I did not used to cook a lot because um, I hated my kitchen. Oh. But in this house, clearly I have enough space that two, even three or four people can be in my kitchen comfortably. The kitchen's the jam. And I find myself, thank you, I find myself cooking here all the time. Yeah. I've had um, more fun experimenting in this kitchen. Yeah. Um, well, and it's open, so yes. you can like talk to people and whatnot. It's not as isolating. I yeah, my kitchen's the same kind of shape. So yeah, that's right. You said your house yeah. is very similar to Goes my house. Goes into the living room, kind of, yeah. So there's no big wall blocking everything off. I think I'd spend way less time in my kitchen if that was the case, for sure. I will admit, I do bring a laptop in sometimes when I'm doing something that's oh, yeah. more complicated. 
um, just to kind of keep my mind busy because I am not so much of an introvert. Um, I do need quiet downtime, but I do well when something kind of takes up the, um, the loud voices in my brain. I didn't think I was an introvert until recently, and now I'm realizing how much time I need to recoup after, you know. But that's part of what you do and what I do is you give away your energy, you know, all day, and then yeah, you have to come back to center. Yes, and you know, working out does that for me. Yes. It's, there are a few things. Cooking, walking on the beach, or near oh, water. I love it too. Me that too. That's gives my me, thing. Oh, really? Well, yes. We have a lot in common. We do. And also, I love to hike because after about a mile, my brain goes, Yeah. Ah, I can't focus on anything. Right. I am relaxed. It's and that true. is pleasant. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm cheesing all of these up. If you haven't caught my drift, I'm making a bit of a mess, but so it's okay. So you said you sometimes mix the sauces? Yeah, I yeah, my kid and I started mixing pesto and red sauce together just to like, you know, cuz it's like herbs and tomatoes, why not? Um, experiment. Yeah, and it worked out just fine. All right. So, so there's a specific way you have to layer these though, and we figured that out too because otherwise toppings will slip when you try to bite into it. Okay, so and then you've they got cook the a certain way. Sauce. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's bad. The sauce and then what kind of cheese are we using? This is like an Italian, you know, they say Italian blend. I don't know if that's racist or not, but it's basically like a blend of cheeses, mozzarella, you know, pecorino, romano, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, provolone, Fantastic. cheddar, asiago, whatever. So meltable, as long as it's meltable. <laughs> you can't buy the little plastic bags that are kind of, you know, plastic well, cheese. And you know, you've had the same experience. I have, when you find out that you've gotten the reduced fat cheese, <laughs> and it does not melt. It does not melt. Yeah, and orange cheese, same thing. Don't buy orange shredded cheese. You have to either get it in the brick, the real stuff, and shred it down, mm -hmm. or buy like your Italian blend. I've been to Italy, I feel really bad saying Italian blend, because this is nothing like what they would give you in Italy. <laughs> but sure it tastes really good. Offended. It's more, yeah. <laughs> That's all good. So, all right. So, what about the toppings? But okay. So, your veggies are gonna have water in them, so you don't want them to leak all over everything. So, I usually put those toward the bottom. So, sauce, then cheese, and then like we would put peppers, you know, mushrooms, whatever, under. Oh. And then, oh yes. Slice and tomatoes, up a bit. which Tomato. I haven't sliced yet. Tomatoes are actually gonna be on the very, very top. Okay, good. Well, I'm gonna let you because otherwise they will slip. While I cut the tomatoes, how shall I cut the tomatoes? I think thin slices, as thin as you can get them. And um, like big thin slices or like little like the... I would go this way maybe. Yeah. This way? Mm-hmm. Toward the butt. The butt of the tomato. The butt of the tomato. <laughs> and are you just going to put tomato rounds on the pizza? Yep. We'll put like three on the very, very top. Just as a little decoration. I love tomatoes on pizza. Yeah, they'll kind of wilt a little bit and they'll toast a little bit, but they won't leak as much as like these peppers will. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trial and error in this. I know this seems like such a simple thing to do, but there really is a science, I'll tell you. I don't make homemade pizza oh, for the should. reason that I did not go through nine different times of trying it right. to try to figure well, it out. Well, you know, I've, I've answered all the questions for you. you. I so appreciate you using your own uh, you know, you. kitchen to help me out here with my experiments. Yes. So. I think we got it. I think this might be, so peppers. And then I would put whatever other veggies you want on top, which I did bring mushrooms, but I don't think we're gonna use those. Let's use, um, we'll do spinach and then tomato and salami. So the tomato will go on top of the salami, so let's see. So we're layering this up with? Layering baby spinach. spinach. Mm -hmm. Organic so baby spinach. This is where I, the health 
part comes in, you gotta, I always try to put a little bit of veg on everything. I have a breakfast sandwich that I love to make that's sausage, fried eggs, cheddar on a, um, an English muffin that I butter, but I always pile it with power greens and tomato. And that just makes me feel better about everything. And then you have like a no guilt breakfast sandwich. No guilt. Because it has yes. vegetables in it <laughs> And protein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And it soaks up some of that, you know, the grease that's going on. You know, I've done a lot of research over the years on, you know, carbohydrates and should you do the keto diet or should you limit or whatever. And right. what I found is that um, the protein actually stops your cells from absorbing carbohydrates. And the wine actually comes at the wrong part of the meal because you're drinking your carbohydrates. You can actually handle the wine if you wait till dinner and you eat some of your protein first. Ah. Because when the carbohydrate truck comes up to your cells and says, hey, I'm here, right. the doors don't fly open. They're like, so sorry, we're closed. Right. Because the protein's already filled the room of the cells. So the book I read said, yeah, wine, you should actually have after you've after, eaten yeah. part of your meal or even after your meal because then your cells are like, oh, dude, I'm good, and you're not absorbing the carbohydrates. That makes sense. Well, I just recently, you know, as much drinking as I do, one of my favorite things is any kind of bubbly, so, uh, you know, Prosecco. Um, and then I love soda water. I have a soda stream. Oh, my gosh, I use that thing like three times a day. And I have one, but it's packed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it accelerates your alcohol um, in your system by like one and a half times. So, Does it yes, really? That's why when people drink champagne or any kind of bubbly at the beginning of the night, you know, you have the champagne hour at a wedding or whatever, everyone's mm-hmm. tossed by the time they get to the, because one champagne is not the same as one no. vodka, but a vodka soda is twice as bad as a vodka. Interesting. Yes. So and all I, these people that are trying to drink vodka sodas to save on calories are actually just consuming yeah. alcohol and getting themselves blitzed <laughs> way faster. Yeah. You know, a French 75 and a Mexican Yum. 75 are two of my favorite drinks mm. of all time. French 75 is really good. Delicious. You know what a Mexican 75 no. is? Well, there's very a lot of different variations, but uh, mostly um, you're using the champagne with tequila and a little, the best recipe I found also calls for a little bit of drambuie. Oh, I have no and idea what drambuie, drambuie is. Drambuie is an herbed liqueur. Oh. So it has a little bit of an herbal flavor to it. Oh it's my delicious. gosh. Absolutely delicious. I will send you the recipe Please. for it in February. I love tequila. <laughs> yeah, don't send <laughs> me any. Drinking I don't February. need to be off the wagon yeah, at all. Right, so. all right, so you've layered up. Look um, how pretty. I know, so pretty, so beautiful. So then we'll throw tomatoes on. Uh, okay. You want me to do that? Go for it. All right. I, maybe I should have cut the other one. I was thinking I had enough. But I think you probably got enough. Because you said like three Maybe each. like three. Is that not going to be? Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Here, I'll Here I it. am being so careful. Try to make them pretty. I know pretty doesn't count when you're eating it. I think it counts. It just makes me feel so good. You eat with your eyes. Um, you and these are no moment. putting butts on the pizza either. We don't do that. It's always the like <laughs> center butts. pieces. No tomato no butts. No tomato butts on the pizza. Look got how gorgeous. It. Okay. All right. And then the final topping is my secret ingredient, which is I pack this when I go on tour. Do you because, really? Yes, I do. And I have actually turned many British people onto this particular spice. Oh my gosh, it's I can't wait. It's so 99 cents and so goes on everything except for ice cream and cereal. And you bring it to Europe with you and say, here's your housewarming I do, gift? and I put it on everything. I mean everything. Lemon pepper. On it, pizza? I swear on all things holy. It's not like what you think. <laughs> it's not like this citrus blast that's gonna make you like take you away from it's mm-hmm. it's like savory and it's so good. 
and it replaces salt. Great. So, I can't wait. The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. Well, how long does this take to bake? I would say like seven, eight minutes. I mean, you'll smell it. You'll smell it? Yeah, it's kind I'm of baking do it by cookies. Smell. I'm going to do it by... Never burnt a pizza in my life. Really? No. That's because they're too good to waste. <laughs> I usually wait until I'm very hungry and then I just like right. watch. <laughs> and if you're working, I don't know if you're like me, but if you're working out... Yeah. You get hungry fast. Mm-hmm. It's like once you hit the hunger wall, you're, you yeah. have to eat. Don't talk to me. Need it right now. Yeah. I tend to keep snacks on hand in my car, in my purse, in mm-hmm. the cupboard. There are always like we have a specific snack cupboard that's got nuts and fig bars and, you know, all the things that I can just like while I'm making dinner, I can pick at. See? Yeah. You know what I you're have doing. One too. You know what you're doing. I do, well, Being I don't hungry know is one of the worst with. things you can do to yourself because then you have to run to the grocery store starving and you buy yep. the wrong things or, yeah. you know, whatever. Things Definitely. that I do not do. You know, I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time because one, I admired you as a performer. Aww. And I kind of, oh my gosh, she'd be really great to have on the show. And, you know, I tapped to my wonderful production coordinator, Terry, and I was like, we've got to have her on the show. We should try to you know, try to get in touch with her. And um, one thing that I felt um, even more connected to you um, by was the very unfortunate um, death of your father, Dr. Sarah Memory. Mm-hmm. We were already friends on Facebook because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm thinking ahead when I mm-hmm. can have you on the show. And I sent you, the first message I sent you was like, I'm so sorry about your I dad. remember getting your message, and yeah. I, and you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. But the thing that blew me away was that here you had a show, mm. and it was either the day of, it was within 24 hours, yeah. I think, and you kept the show, and I remember watching video. I'm getting goosebumps now. But I'm watching, <laughs> I remember watching video of you singing and weeping. Mm-hmm. I, I do, When I get cry, my yeah. my voice locks Mine up. does, too. I don't know what was going on. So I, mean, I, I don't probably know how didn't you made it, good, but... but like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I am. Yeah. I'm very sorry about your dad. He was he was very young. Same for you. I mean, thank you. I'm not sure that the age technically matters. He what, lived a lot of life. Yeah. What what got you through that show? I mean, so I was actually in London when my dad died, and I knew that something was going on. My dad had health issues for many years, but uh, you know, everyone was like, he's gonna live forever. I mean, he's just resilient. So. When I found out he was sick, I think it was like a, a Wednesday or a Tuesday, he texted me and was like, I'm in the hospital. You know, they want me to have a blood transfusion, something, something, you know, just call me back when you can. And I was in Europe, so I didn't call him back right away. And I called him, I think the next day, and I, or I texted him and I said, hey dad, you know, how are you doing? You're in the hospital again for what? And uh, he didn't respond right away and I was like okay and so then he I think he responded or his wife responded and said yeah he's not doing very good and I was like okay well what's the story and they yeah, were like what there, does that mean yeah they're gonna do a few pre- procedures and you know he needed he was on dialysis and he had a bunch of issues so they're gonna do some procedures and we'll see you know what's going on so I called my mom which is his ex-wife and you know they were very close and she's a nurse so I was like, you know, this is going on. I don't know. Maybe go see what's going on up there. And and uh, I think it was Friday. I had a show in Birmingham, which is just north of London. Mm-hmm. And I played the show. And that day, I remember calling him, and he couldn't talk. 
And I was mm. like, okay, this isn't good. And I remember he was mumbling a little bit, but he was like, don't, you know, don't worry. I was like, should I come home? And they were like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make it through the weekend. I'm like, what do you mean not make it through the weekend? It's very sudden. And they were like, um, or he said, no, 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 I know where you are. You know, just stay. I'll see you when you get back. And I, I was supposed to come home the following Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, right around that, I had the show Friday and then Saturday, I think he passed away. And I got the call that morning. And then Sunday I had another show. So it was like, there wasn't really any time for me to make a, a call. I mean, I could have flown home. We talked about it on Friday. Like, I'll just get on the plane tonight and just go home. Yeah. But he would have passed away before I would have gotten there. Yeah. And I, you know, no one knew that was going to happen. So, yeah. And I mean, you were still in that total shock Yeah. period. I mean, I just recently had another person who was a parent figure die in the fall because it happens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We are lucky enough to have these people in our lives mm-hmm. who influence us and give us so many gifts, yeah. right? And then anything can happen, right? And she died very young. Uh, well, to me, very young. Yeah. She was 72, mm-hmm. I think. And um, yeah, it was one of those things where I, I cried instantly mm-hmm. and then... I pushed it away. Yeah. I was pretty hysterical and then I was in kind of disbelief and then, right. it was but like, I had the show and it's like, okay, well this is the last show of this tour and then I'm going home next week. So we'll do the show. And everyone was like, are you sure you want to do the show? And I'm just you're like, like, I'm fine. Well, there's like, you know, there's 300 people that are, you know, relying on me in some form or fashion, including my kid, including, you know, people have ticket sales and I've got a band out there with me that I've got to pay. And it's like, I'm thinking about the cost of, and I know this sounds really crazy, but I'm thinking of like the figurative and the literal cost of me just saying, no, let's not do tonight. And let's, let's get out of here. It's like, okay, do I want to put myself, you know, six or $7,000 in the hole on this decision. He's already gone, which I kept saying, he's already gone. Yep. There's nothing you can do. Me going home isn't going to do anything. And, um, you know, it was, it was just terribly sad. And my daughter wasn't with me. She was with my mom and my mom was with him when he passed away, but my daughter didn't know what was going on. She was like not being told what was going on, which I, I told my, you know, my mom don't, just wait till I'm home because I don't need her going through this. She's never lost anyone. So it was kind of like I had to then wait till I got home and then tell her. And she was like, what? This was happening all week and I had no idea, you know, and just the amount of split split decisions I had to make. And like now I'm thinking, should I have let her go to the hospital during that time? Or should I have, you know, you know, there were just too many unknowns. So so, but it changed me and it definitely was like one of those scenarios where you appreciate everyone more afterward and at the same time, like just fortified, oh, there's our pizza, <laughs> just fortified what it is that I'm after, you know, because time is so precious. I don't yeah. know. Is seven minutes enough, you think? Um, I don't know. So you're going to know if the crust is a little brown. Yeah, they're getting a little toasty. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. All right. So we're just going to wait for that cheese to bubble. Bubble? Cheese bubbling. Yeah. Well, were you close with your family growing up? Yeah. I mean, my dad wasn't in my life for about 10 years. um, Really? Yeah. I think that's a pretty... Well, and I mean, I hate to, you know, sweep the broad stroke, but I think that's a pretty typical thing for musicians that are prominent in any way I you know I don't know of very many that are super successful that are also great at home and that's a strange 
thing, that's one of the things that I contend with all the time is like, how big do I want to take this thing? Because I want to be a mama, you know, and I want to like go to swim meets and soccer practice and stuff like that. And you can't, you can't do really it all. take a 14 year old with you. I can imagine without giving up some of the stability of yeah. her life. Yeah, I mean, she's come on tour with me several times. Um, the longest she was out with me was just this summer, but it was summer. And mm-hmm. before that, I think the longest she was with me was maybe four weeks. And, um, you know, she misses her friends and she's not around anyone her age. And although she's getting these experiences and I'm spending a lot of time pouring into her and having one-on-one because you don't want them to be off kilter. Uh, and again, that's a distraction for me as well. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... It's a, it's like an ever shifting puzzle. You're just trying to figure out what's best for everybody all the time. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be success wise, but I feel like, um, so far so good, <laughs> you know, well, you've had two pretty darn successful albums Yeah. so far. Done okay. Yeah. Um, the second one came out, it was called Asha. Mm-hmm. That's my middle name. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. That's what I was, what I grew up being called. That's what my dad called me. You know, my mom called me. They called you Asha? Yeah, all my closest friends. They still call me uh, by my middle name. And Tahira was, is my first name. And it's just more of what I adopted when I, I moved to New York when I was 21. And I just started there and was like, I'm a grown up. Like, I want to go by my first name. People would always ask me, well, what is this name on all of your, you know, IDs and paperwork? And so um, when I started singing hardcore, I was like, okay. Everyone needs to call me by my grown-up name. <laughs> and I, yeah, I did so. that. I get rid of my maiden name. I won't mention on the air. <laughs> my parents were very respected teachers, but I hated my maiden yeah. name. And when I got married and then divorced, I kept the last name Mendenhall. Mm. For a very brief time while I was married, I went by Marty Hall. Because I thought That's that cool. was just like, ah, oh, you know. And then I realized, you know, after being Marty Mendenhall for so many years, when I got divorced, I was just Marty Mendenhall. Yeah. My mom kept my dad's name and he's been remarried. So, you know, I get that completely. It's definitely an identity thing. And to be frank, like I'm a different person being called Asha, you know, it's far less, um, it's just a far more vulnerable, you know, uh, side of me mm-hmm. because people know things about me oh now we hear it the i think sizzle. it's bubbling do you I want to take it out it. so i don't yeah burn my scarf here oh so you'll sacrifice me huh i see how it is well no i don't want to sacrifice <laughs> you exactly that's when i push you in the i oven. love these little mitts oh my god <laughs> aren't they great yeah ooh, ooh, ooh. these little nons are perfect too because they're um you know they're just like that small size like i could probably eat two of those and i'd maybe regret it but but one and you're just like okay well, I've done my out, share no, but no, yeah, yeah otherwise um you could do, do like we, one of each do we right let these a... cool slightly um I wouldn't bite into it right this moment however okay. they're super good when they're really hot so okay. find a happy show medium you, and I am going to get um what I affectionately call a flipper turner I've definitely flipper turner. I've so, definitely burned the roof of my mouth to the core several times. Have you really? <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> because if you're hungry, here we are. You know, you're hungry and you're just like, screw it, I'm going what for it. What flavor do you want? Um, I'll do, why don't I do regulars and Regular? uh, you can try a pesto. All right. Let's go have a seat. I've got napkins over at my table. And Do you uh, want me to just cut these with the sharp, sharp knife? Or do you want to just bite into it whole? It's up to oh, you. Um, I can, can half it for you. We can cut them if you want. You want to go half and half? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Your pizza cutter must be packed too, huh? Um, oh no, <laughs> I should have brought actually, mine. 
I didn't even think about getting out a pizza cutter. Yes, no, it's I all had good. a pizza no, cutter. No, 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 this is perfect. One of my favorite uses for lemon pepper is hard boiled eggs. What? Just a whole hard boiled egg, douse it in lemon pepper. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, wow. The lemon pepper mm -hmm. gives it a zing. It's perfect. You were a goddess. Don't lie. I don't know how you thought about oh my that. God, it's so good. How did you how did you think of that? I'm telling you, it's just since I was a kid. I was debating between this mm. and making another quick snack that my kid likes to do like after school, which is a bagel and everything bagel with mm -hmm. sharp cheddar mm -hmm. in the oven on broil mm -hmm. with lemon pepper on it. And it is a next level snack. Next mm -hmm. level. Yeah. So well, if simple. You, if you get to come back, <laughs> I'll do that. Or actually, <laughs> that's a good your daughter can come on the show uh -huh. and she can make them for us, mm -hmm. right? And then your kitchen will be remodeled and will be all good. Yeah, all this working out stuff that I've been talking <laughs> about, and all I'm talking about is everything bagels and pizza. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, how do you write your music? So, how do you speak oh, so eloquently through your lyrics? Like, what's your secret? Am I not speaking eloquently today? <laughs> Burn the host. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Your lyrics, easy. I love that song. Mm. It was like, I wish I could make it easy. Mm -hmm. I wish I could make it easy. And I, I adore the song. I adore the way you wrote it. I love the music. You, um, your voice is. I think I said in the description it was agile, mm. but it's so silky and beautiful and smooth. But the song, it's its the combination of all of those things together that makes you so powerful. So I'm like, man, I need to come your... back for sure. <laughs> so I'm like, what's your secret? Like, what is it? What drives you in the musical sense to write and to, to create? Okay, so this is what I've been, I've come to terms with is that I don't think my gift is my voice and I don't think that my gift is musical. I think that that's just like a byproduct. I think my gift is words, and it has been and always will be. I've always been able to write. I've written short stories since the beginning of time. I have enough journals to fill an entire room. Really? I, yeah, from like the time I was like 12. I would write about boys I had crushes on, and it was like poetic, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's never been just, you know, I saw Jimmy, he looked so cute. It's always been like his eyes, mm -hmm. you know, in math were so deep. I could barely focus on the geometric such and such, and it's like, get over it, you know? <laughs> But I have, I've always been like, I'm, if you go into my phone and you look, you know, even in my like web searches, like 99% of it is like searching for synonyms for certain words. And like, mm -hmm. I just, I love the like color of language. I love hearing people talk. I love talking to people. And, and I also love how you can explain something like a picture. So mm -hmm. I, when I, when I do pieces of writing and I, and I have at least three or 400 notes in my phone of just like, I'll be in bed and an idea will come to me. The other night I was thinking about growth, like personal growth, and I wrote a little note that maybe took me two minutes and mm -hmm. it was, you know, um, maybe 200 words. I mean, that quickly. And it's like an entire image of me, you know, standing behind this pane of glass and like, I, it's freezing where I am and I can't get to growth who's sitting in the sun on the other side. And it's like, I just have a, uh, it's like a story comes to me in my mind. And then I just try to glue words together that make the story true or the, the, the like visual true. The image. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a skill set or something. I don't know. But it's always worked for me and it's 
it's what I find joy in and I love reading them back and going like, oh man, I could really picture that. Like, cause I can't paint or draw, but like, that's my way of doing that. I right. guess. That's your, that's yeah. your paintbrush. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it is. And most of my songs come from pieces of writing. They're not, I don't get music and then write to music. I typically will write um, words and then I'll glue a melody to the words and then I'll go into the third phase, which is orchestrating, you know, or, or arranging music around it, which I don't play anything. I'm dabbling in guitar right now, and I used to play the flute in sixth grade, and I played the violin because they made everyone do that, and the recorder I was quite good at. <laughs> um, and I was in choir and could like sight read and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit of that, but I typically will sit with whomever I'm co-writing with and just try to sing to them the best I can what I want it to sound like um, from all the different directions. And that's just kind of how it comes about. Mm. But yeah, I. I don't typically listen to music that lyrically doesn't touch me. So again, it's I think it's just the words more than anything for me. And if they're not flowing, I just won't write. Well, then there you go. <laughs> they're not. It's not working today. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, and people say that you know you should carve out time to write and be creative and spend 30 minutes a day in this hole. And I don't. I don't believe that. I think you can be creative with how you love people. I think you can be creative in how you dress. I think you can be creative in what you eat. Mm -hmm. Part of my creativity is in working out. Um, yeah, I, watching movies. I mean, there's creativity everywhere, and uh, I don't know. It's an oxymoron to like force creativity mm -hmm. for me. I feel like it should be very natural. Mm -hmm. So, I also don't listen to music when I'm like writing or recording, like mm -hmm. for months. So I was just telling my kid this. I hadn't listened to music in my car until two days ago for over a year. Really? Mm -mm. Because I, I released my album in April, but I was recording it last winter. Mm -hmm. And during the recording process, I don't listen to music from mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. um, I might go to a live show because that's a different energy, but I, I don't consume recorded music. Yeah, I don't either. It's very bizarre, and people are always like, have you heard this song? And I'm like, I have no and idea I'm, what's I'm out I'm out of a loop. I am in the studio, in the studio yeah. brain, mm -hmm. in the creativity space where you're focusing your energy on that, yeah. on that production, on those pieces. So Yeah, and like, I feel like it's kind of cheating on the relationship you have with your own music, you know, because you're trying to have a very, like, <laughs> cheating. untainted relationship with your songs and mm. your music and your production. And when you listen to other people's, there's envy, right? And there's, you covet things and you want to change something and sonically something talks to you. And, and I don't, I think when you're in that process, it crosses the line from inspiration into like trying to, um, you know, more for, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think inspiration comes before the process and then you dip out and then now I'm in the phase now where I can dip back in and I'm getting really inspired by music that I'm hearing that's came, you know, come out in the last year. So I read somewhere that you're like me and that you produce your own music. Mm -hmm. And I can attest to the fact that you think of it differently oh, because God. it's still like your child. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still perfecting it, writing it, crafting it. And when you get in the studio and you're adding all the instruments and everything, it mm -hmm. becomes so much bigger. It's like you're layering all these mm -hmm. things. And if the paintbrush, the color isn't just right, you want to go back and fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, background vocals to adding mm. horns or bass sounds or, you know, uh -huh. tone on the guitar, percussion, all of that. I mean, yeah, it's important. Mm. We had a lot of good conversations in studio 
my band recorded live, everything live, and you know, my, my, my bass player, Dylan Sundstrom, he is a really emotive kind of guy, he's amazing, and uh -huh. um, you know, there was like one moment in studio where I was, we were recording the song about my daughter, Never Wonder, on my album, my latest album, and he has this whole you know, bass part that's very much like the backbone to the whole song. And if it's mm -hmm. not played right, like, and I kept saying, like, I don't feel emotional enough. Like, this mm -hmm. isn't touching me. And then I, we stopped and he was in the box alone. And I was like, <laughs> I need you to think about your daughter, Violet. Uh -huh. Like, I need you to think about your kids. And I need you to think about what I'm singing about your kids. Because he had just recently had a, you know, a daughter with him last two years. And and uh, he started playing and he started crying. Oh. <laughs> and it was just a totally different, see, I'm starting to cry. Um, but yeah, it changed the song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Over pizza. And Over pizza. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Well, that's, is that a song that Oof. you might sing on your upcoming show I will be singing it the Jack London yeah. Review for sure yeah for sure and when is that when is that performance February 7th pizza by the way mm -hmm. has I am really surprised how quickly it crisped up on the bottom I will say this if you had thrown these directly on the rack mm -hmm. you would have had that nice toasty middle bottom it's just like a pizza yeah smart girl you are mm -hmm. Jack London Review Jack London Review on the 7th I actually have four gigs next month um, they're all different variations of my band. So, Jack London on the seventh, mm -hmm. which people should definitely get tickets for, because um, that show always sells out. They can get those at the Jack London Review website. Yep. Um, I or also have a link on my Facebook and my Instagram that mm -hmm. people can just click real easy. And uh, and then I play again with my full band at 1905 on the 28th of February, mm -hmm. which 1905 is full a great band, little big spot. Deal. Yeah, and then. Uh, I'm doing a couple trio gigs with just bass and guitar and myself, which is gonna be really cool, because who does that, right? No mm -hmm. drums, it's like a cool, nice mix, just the strings and myself. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do um, Tavern on Cruise on the 22nd, I'm going backward here, and then on the 15th, we're gonna be at Picnic PDX, which is a brand new venue that's opening, and um, they will be doing jazz on Saturdays. I don't know about Picnic PDX. Well, let me just tell you. They're starting February 1st, Saturday, duos and trios, um, jazz, so. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know, she and says. Just the performer who's gonna start again in 2020 now mm -hmm. that she has some time on her plate, so. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Woohoo! I know. We'll see you at Picnic PDX. Yep, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm Love to come check you out. Uh, I definitely wanna come to your show at the Jack Lennon Review. Come, please, bring I, all your friends. I I'll can, be drinking wine then. Really? Yes. We can do a little, like, toast. Yes. I'll drink before, during, and after, don't you worry. <laughs> so <laughs> I should not try to keep up with you. That's the moral of the story. Um, well, I'm gonna have to sing, so I'll, I'll pace myself, and then I'll just rev right over the edge at the end. Oh. Yeah. Me first, it's usually during the, the uh, break, mm -hmm. um, especially if my yeah, voice gets true. tired. You know, do something a little, I don't know. I want to say smoky, but that's not the right word. Yeah, bourbon is the way. And it's it just coats everything, mm -hmm. and I'm I, I can make it through my gig. It's not a yeah. lit, it's not a inebriation thing. It's an actual. No, it's it true. It saves my voice and helps me get through the rest of the gig. Yeah. So, well, I'm definitely gonna buy tickets for that, and people, Yay. we're gonna post all of your links so people can come find out more about you. Love it. Um, at your website. 
yeah. Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, this pizza is really. You have like a crumb left. I love it. I know. I've been doing all the talking, so I haven't even touched my other half. But well, you eat. I'm gonna get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll feed the crew who's still, you know, over there on the corner. <laughs> I just heard like, someone's stomach oh, growl. Yep. Did you? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> You're funny. Well, um, Tahira, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was really fun. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Find out how you can become a patron of this podcast and get a free digital or hardbound season one cookbook as part of the perks at patreon.com forward slash Marty Mendenhall. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.